Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Please join me in reading from the book of Jonah, chapter 3, verses 10 through chapter 4, verse 11. It's page 753 in your pew Bible. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? This is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from the punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, it is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you're concerned about the bush, for which you did not labor, and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals? The Jonah story is only four chapters long. But for my money, this is one of the most compelling stories in all the Bible. So settle in. Because it's not unlike the Middle Eastern politics of today. It's a story of prejudice informed by years of political hatred. In this case, between the Jews and Assyrians. It's the story of one man's struggle with his demons. It's the story, in the end of God's boundless mercy. It's got all kind of tension in there. Is, is Jonah an unredeemed bigot or a patriotic prophet? Four chapters, we get all of this. It's so complex. So here's the story. Assyria is the greatest and cruelest power on earth. Their violence and aggression under the leadership of Tiglath-Pileser was absolutely horrid. All of the neighboring uh, countries, communities lived in 
absolute fear and hatred because Assyria was aggressive and mean. Everybody was afraid that they were going to be next. And so it's completely understandable that Jonah would be a reluctant prophet to go preaching there. Quote, when the word of the Lord came to Jonah, commanding him to go to Nineveh, he decided he didn't want to go. Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. And God wants Jonah to go there and preach and call out the wickedness of these people. Well, there are many reasons he doesn't want to do that. That's not a very safe assignment, first of all, for a Jew to cross the border. But more than that, Jonah wants nothing to do with this sorry group of Assyrians. God commands Jonah, go at once to Nineveh. Now, you know where Jerusalem is on the map, right? It's been in the news lately. You've got that one. So, Nineveh is, is the modern Iraq. So, if you're looking this way, it's kind of right up there. And Jonah, after hearing this word, dropped down to Joppa, took a ship, and went to Spain, just as opposite of what God told him to do as possible. Because don't you see, he hates the Assyrians. His parents hate the Assyrians. His neighbors hate the Assyrians. All the guys at the club hate the Assyrians. The armies of Tiglath-Pileser were an ancient Hamas, ruled by wickedness and violence. And God told Jonah to go across the border to the capital of Nineveh and preach against their violence and call them to repent. And Jonah's having none of it. He's going to Spain. Well, you all know the next part of the story because it's the most famous part of the story. Storm erupts on the Mediterranean Sea. The sailors figure out that Jonah's the problem. And they wake him up and say, are you the problem? He says, yeah, I'm the problem. God's angry. That's why the storm's going on. If you'll just throw me overboard, it'll be all right. Things will subside. So catch this. Jonah's prejudice is so embedded that he would rather call for his own death than repent of his feelings. And they throw him overboard. And as you know, God provides a large fish to swallow him up three days and three nights in the belly of the large fish until the fish spews Jonah up on dry land. God speaks to Jonah a second time, saying, now are you going to do what I told you to do? Get up and go to Nineveh, like I said. And this time, Jonah obeys. He makes the journey to the great city. Begins preaching God's words of judgment. And then starts to think, this isn't so bad. He cries out, 40 days and more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I kind of like this sermon. Nineveh's going to be destroyed. That's the sermon. I'm okay with this. I'm telling them about their destruction. This is exactly what I want to tell them. And they've got it coming. And then the Ninevites 
including their king, hear Jonah's sermon and repent of their evil and violence. Now, they're not exactly evangelized. There's nothing in here about their new faith in the God of Israel. But through Jonah's preaching, they repent of their violence and their evil ways. And our reading for today started with this line. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. And Jonah is furious. I suppose the first preacher in history who hoped to be ineffective. Jonah's so mad he can't see straight. He was hoping that he had delivered the news about their destruction, and now he's furious that God has had a change of mind about it. This leads some people to wonder how it is that Jonah deserves the high rank of prophet. But Jonah has some defenders too. Some suggest Jonah is just being a good patriot. I mean, it's my people against your people, America first. Only God's love doesn't require a valid passport from an ally country. God's mercy crosses all borders. All of the children of earth are God's beloved. And this is hard. This is hard at any time. It is especially hard today. On October 7th, just weeks ago, Hamas fired over 5,000 rockets from the Gaza Strip into Israel in a span of 20 minutes. They killed children. They used innocence as shields. They performed acts of unspeakable horror and evil. And it's hard to sit in Sunday school and affirm God's compassion to all people. My friend Peter Berg at the temple, he's the rabbi just down the street. He has friends and family missing and killed. I reached out to him to assure him of the prayers of his friends at Second Ponce, just north in the big white brick building. He knew people in that horror. It'll make your blood boil. A week or so after the attacks, I saw my friend Arash. He had his Quran on the counter beside him. And I asked Arash if he'd been getting any bad treatment since the war had erupted by people who blame all Muslims for the acts of Hamas. Haras said he'd gotten some icy stares, some cold shoulders, but no real mean confrontations. But then he said he keeps his Quran by his side as a reminder to pray because he too has friends, Muslim friends, who live in Gaza. And they've had to gather up the family, flee their home and business, go to the south to safety while Israeli bombs destroy their homes and their shops. 
Arash doesn't know if his friends are alive or dead. Phone systems are out. I'm just saying it's hard. God's compassion is harder than it looks like on the surface. Jonah's furious. Jonah is furious that God will not punish his enemies. He prayed to the Lord and said, quote, Oh Lord, is this not what I said while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you're a gracious God and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. For Jonah, grace had gone too far. There are parts of God's love and compassion and forgiveness that we just love. Like the part that's directed to us, right? When we measure our own unworthiness against God's forgiveness, then our prayers are sprinkled with relief and gratitude. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. Then the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. We love God's compassion when it's poured out over our sinful lives. But in this case, Jonah thought God's grace had just gone too far. Have you noticed that everybody in this story repents except Jonah? The king repents. The Assyrians repent. Even God changes God's mind. But not Jonah. Jonah still hates an entire people group, and he's going to. He goes east of Nineveh, sits in the shade, overlooks the city in hopes that God might change the mind again and smite those evil people yet. He is just going to hate as long as he feels like it. God makes it clear to Jonah that God alone decides who receives grace. We're preparing to come to the table of God's forgiveness. Bread and cup, body and blood, symbol of the lengths to which God will go to forgive and restore. I would caution us about coming to the table of our forgiveness while holding hatred for others. God's compassion is boundless and radical and at times aggravating because we don't like it extended to people we don't think deserve it. It's natural to want mercy for us and judgment for others. It is unnatural to embrace God's radical mercy as the only hope for saving humankind. Jonah never did repent of his hatred. 
I hope we have a different spirit when we come to this table to taste our own forgiveness again. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.